Hello, I'm Trevor Dan. Welcome to CAMS Politics for May 2022. We're just a few days away from elections in Cambridge City and South CAMS, so we've assembled two panels representing the main contenders to discuss the big issues in the campaigns and to try to persuade you to vote for their parties. And as always, to give us some perspective, Phil Rogers, our commentator and analyst, is here too. Online, on digital and on FM. This is Cambridge 105 Radio. So Phil, it's the business end of the political year locally. What, what are you looking for? Yes, well, not long to go now. It's not going to be quite as dramatic this year as last year, but we do have some excitement in uh, particularly South Cambridgeshire. And in the city, there's a number of very interesting contests. Now, these elections are not all in, are they? There's not an election in every ward, and in some wards, there's only one candidate standing. How does all that work itself out? So in Cambridge City, we're electing by thirds. So there's there's 14 wards, and there's one seat up in each ward. And it's basically the councillors who came third when we had the all-ups last year who are standing again this time. But in South Cams, in the villages around the city, there it's the whole council being elected, and they have elections every four years. And last time in 2018, the Lib Dems swept to power, and the question is, will they hold on? And if so, how well this time? Well, last time we talked about this, you were saying that you thought they might edge back a bit. Since then, we've had Partygate and Porngate and whatever other gate. Do you think the Tories have got any chance of coming back in South Cams now? I have to say it's not looking great for them at the moment. Um, People are certainly affected by national issues when it comes to local elections, and we have seen a lot of negative press for the Conservatives nationally. Uh, We were thinking a while back that maybe the Ukraine war would sort of take the edge off that, there'd be a sort of rally round the flag effect, but looking at the opinion polls, certainly the approval rating that uh, Boris Johnson is scoring is quite a way down on where it was at the last elections. So I think it's probably fairly tough going for the Conservatives. There's just one other thing that I wanted to mention right at the beginning, because I still meet people who think that South Cams is south of Cambridge. And when you look at the map, of course, it's more like a donut, and the city council area is the hole in the middle, isn't it? Yes, this is quite confusing because the South Cambridgeshire parliamentary seat is different to the South Cambridgeshire district council, but essentially Cambridge is the sort of the jam in the donut, and and South Cam's district is the rest of the donut around the city. Great. Well, we'll talk to you and get some of your views when we've heard from the uh, city council panel. And uh, that follows this from you two. The heart is a bloom. That's you two on Cambridge 105 Radio. It's Cam's Politics. Only a few days to go now before some people will be enjoying a beautiful day. We're going to talk to the Cambridge City Council panel and I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves. So, from right to left. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Mohammed Azamuddin. On the ballot paper, I am Mohammed Uddin. I am standing. Hang on a minute. So, you've got, they've got your name wrong on the yeah, ballot paper. That's I, not a I, good start, is yeah, it? Yeah, that's not really a good start because <laughs> I have contacted Cambridge City Council for certain things. Nothing has been changed. I'm surprised they can't just correct one single simple thing. So, that was their fault? Yeah, okay. 100%. Right. On your right. Hello, everyone. Uh, My name is Diana Pounds. I'm a sitting Labour councillor for Romsey and I'm standing for re-election on May the 5th. Hello, I'm Daniel Lee. I'm a sitting 
councillor for um, the Lib Dems in Queen Earth, and I'm standing for re-election. Hello, I'm James Murray-White. I'm the Green Party candidate for Castle Ward. I'm going to start with you, Mohammed. You stood in the last elections, didn't you, and you got 4%. Yeah. And that was actually not a bad return for a Tory candidate. Why on earth are you all standing again? You have no chance at all in Cambridge, do you? I haven't given my hopes. Uh, I signed in the last election. There was a goal for me when I signed the last election. There was a bridge, was a main concern for us. I stood for the residents and the traders, mineral traders, and I think that so we've done a great job. We have proof of a point. We have made sure the bridge is back open put back to the public to decide what needs to be done in a proper way, where Labour candidates has did everything in their power to close shut it down. We managed to put it back to the public to decide. And I'm so pleased with the people who have responded to me. I know I lost my election, but the percentage of the voting have increased compared to last election. We are, people are here, they're listening to us as well. When I stood for the election, I have gone through so much. I've gone through racist coming on myself. And when I knocked the doors, people started talking to me. They told me, Mohammed, go back to your country. My wife been followed, and I've been even provoked by one of the Labour councillors. he been done a racist comment on me, which is apologised to me by sending a letter, and it will investigate what happened in the Cambridge City Council itself. It's never been bring it to the public because they want to hide behind the doors. What is it about Tory policies that makes you think that that kind of thing wouldn't happen if you were elected? So if I can start from the local what's to fix my party, make sure I work for the people, listen to the people, and work for the people every time. Because at the moment, when they get elected, councillors, they won't go back to the public. They are not there for the people. They only comes out when there's an election. After that, they disappeared. If you just count Chester Romsey to Petersfield, where I'm based, potholes are not, never been fixed. Let's put some of that to Dinah. It's very easy if you're a party of the left to campaign as an outsider to want change when you run the council when you've been running it for some years you're on the back foot on the defensive does that make it a different job when you're going door knocking well i haven't felt on the defensive at all i'm very proud of the record of the current labor city council that i've been part of and i've been really warmed by the reception i've received on the doorstep We've worked so hard during the pandemic to look after people. We had terrific policies, um, food hubs, community food hubs. We looked after people. We made sure homeless people were, were housed. And people have been very appreciative of what we've done for them. Why are you wanting to spend 150 grand on some gold edging to the river, uh, <laughs> Sheep's Green? So this has been a really interesting project um, and there's been an awful lot of mis misinformation about it and I think um, I have to make it clear that first of all this is S106 money which is designated for public art it cannot be spent on anything else so it's we're not taking money from anything else it is for public art and public art is very important the whole aim of this project was to make people feel part of their environment, part of their city, and to understand their history and, and their place in it. So what we started with was um, a lot of consultation with all sorts of groups, not just the city council, but um, local groups, historians, to look at what could be done. 
and we had a, a running community project with the artist which has involved lots and lots of people. It's actually been focusing on people who are often not mentioned in history. You know, we, we, we learn a lot about kings and queens, don't we? But this was all about women of Cambridge in medieval times and later, the, the laundresses who washed all the university students' bedsheets and things. And it's also about Cambridge lace and the, the, the industry that was developed around that area of sheep's green and the, the lace patterns and the designs that are still used in academic gowns today. And it was also about biodiversity. So uh, looking at ways of preserving the riverbank and knitting, they called it knitting for the river, um, but it was weaving really, making a, a coir, I think it's called, that, that, that supports the riverbank and supports biodiversity. But at the end of it, we have a consultation. So the ideas were put forward. It is not a decided thing. And I know that there are a lot of people who are unhappy about the design that uh, that was brought forward. There are an awful lot of people who like it as this well. This is what gets said, yes. of course, about Milrow Bridge, isn't it? Oh, well, it's a consultation and we'll listen. So will you listen if, 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 if the majority verdict is actually Absolutely. this is a waste of money? Absolutely. So at the moment, the officers are going through all the responses and assessing and deciding. And in the end, the council will, will decide either we go ahead with the original design or we will think again and, and, uh, and, and change the idea. It is not a done deal by any means. This is a genuine consultation. Let's bring in Daniel Lee from the Lib Dems. Now, of course, on the county council, you and Labour are holding hands. How is it in the city council now? Are you um, more fraternal than perhaps you used to be? Or is it still hammer and tongs? I wouldn't quite describe it as fraternal. I think there are quite a lot of us who would like to get along, but, I mean, clearly Labour are in control of the council and they are in a position where they don't need to compromise, and I think sometimes that does show through. When you go out door-knocking, what are you saying to people is a reason to change their allegiance from the party in power to you? Well, I think it's really about fresh ideas for Cambridge. I think... The Lib Dems are supportive of what Labour have intended to do. We just disagree with some of the methods. And I think one example is for the council housing scheme that Labour have uh, put through. We commend completely the, you know, the thousand houses scheme that they, they're doing. Unfortunately, they've also been advertising not the council houses, but the private houses built on these schemes to overseas investors and we're not really convinced that's a good way to go about things. What happens to parties that are in power a long time is sometimes that they get to feeling a bit entitled and sometimes they operate in a bubble. Do you think the current Labour administration needs a bit of a kick up the posterior? I wouldn't necessarily describe it quite so so bluntly as that. I'd like to think that a lot of us, if we were to go out to the pub one night and talk these things over, we could probably agree on most things. So I think we just need to maybe be a bit more open-minded about these things. So I think you're talking about strategy being not too bad, but their, their tactics aren't good enough. Exactly, yeah. All right. And let's bring in James Murray-White, who's standing for the Greens in Castle Ward. Now, you're also from a party that campaigns, but you had some success last time. We've got you, two extraordinary councillors. And you keep them, I think, don't you? 
Yeah, they're, they're not standing on May the 5th. Yeah, so what happens to Cambridge if you get more people elected, including you, from the green ticket? Well, we're committed to putting climate front and centre of city council policies. Um, as you'll know, Hannah brought in the um, fossil fuel non-proliferation bill in the last council and got cross-party agreement. Pressing pause on, on development in this city is key to what the Green Party stand for. There's far too much development going on, and I say that as someone who grew up in Girton and uh, just see every corner of this city being overdeveloped. We actually have to stand up to developers, otherwise we're all going down the Swanee. We're all going down the, you know, this polluted, damaged river that we, that we care about so much without a hope in, in hell's chance. So we've, we've got to work together. On I this. think Dinah would claim that the Labour Party has some aspirations to be green. Why do every, you think every, they're every, failing? <laughs> every party has aspirations <laughs> to, be, to be green. Sure. I mean, I haven't gone through the kind of Labour things. I mean, I, I did witness the, uh, the opening of the council last election and I, w- I was really sad to see that Labour didn't stand up and uh, support the climate and ecological emergency bill specifically that has been campaigned on a national level by Caroline Lucas, by some members of the Labour Party um, and that was an example of you know, the Labour Party not stepping up to its uh, allegiances. Do you want to respond to that, Diana? Well, that was a national bill in Parliament um, and it would have, we would have had absolutely no effect on it whatsoever. So that it's, it's many the, councils there was no have, there was no sound reason it. to be using council time for what is a national and uh, an, an issue for Parliament, not for a city council. M- many council many councils have signed up to it. Well, what, what we've been focusing on and we're really proud of is that we are in the top ten percent of district councils um, listed for our climate change action. And so we are actually doing things locally where, where it matters. Give me an example. Um, so small things to start with. The swimming pools are all carbon neutral. We've got um, reduced... the Overall, the council has reduced its carbon footprint by 21% in the last year. Waste bins, the latest two bin lorries we've bought, are, are electric, a bit more expensive, but they are not diesel. And now we are working at... The housing particularly, so all the new housing, council houses that we're really proud of, of building because an, another big issue for obviously is the traffic in Cambridge and the lack of affordable housing in Cambridge for, for our essential workers means that they're having to drive in because public transport, as we know, is appalling as a result of the Tory-led county council. So council houses in Cambridge, which are to such a high spec, they have electric car chargers, they are carbon neutral, they're fantastic actually, and that's, that's the sort of thing we are doing. The, uh, Mohammed from emergency. the Conservatives. So when you say for the affordable housing, when you bring in the foreign investors, 70% of the new development have bought by investors, I will give you plenty of example: Ironworks, Timberland, Timberworks, and you've got a King Sajjah's new development coming in. I rang them up personally. I asked, what's your affordable housing prices are? That was a joke. £310,000 for the studio flat. As a first-time buyer, you think I'm a family man. We live in a studio flat. Why the city council is not keeping a cap on the prices? It should promote more local people to buy the house than bringing the foreign investors. Diana. We have built 500 council houses, which are 
totally affordable over the last year. What's 310 uh, grand? What's your affordable? No, 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 council houses. That's what. But we have a what we call the Cambridge Investment Partnership, which is that these houses are being built and they are being built sustainably to a very high specification. And that's the only way, because we don't, the city council doesn't have money to just build houses. We have to go into partnership with a developer. And we've done what I think is a very good deal, whereby we have gained a large number of council houses and also 40% what we call affordable housing. But obviously to do that, they have to be able to sell that. Please don't interrupt me. They have to run as, at a profit. They have to They have to make money. Otherwise, why would they so, build? So it's a partnership and you have to be realistic no, about that. I, I just, Please don't interrupt me. Hang on, Mohammed. James yeah. wanted to come in first. Just, just a question on that. Wasn't there a property development set up specifically for ironworks what 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 what's this the is hill. this is the what we call the cambridge investment partnership and it's a partnership between hill the builders mm. and the city and and just to come back to the um foreign sales that was something that was enormously blown up and it wasn't true so Initially, we were talking about the development on Newmarket Road, and I think there were some in Ironworks as well. And it was only properties that had been unsold for over a year that were marketed, and only a few of them. And they were actually marketed to Hong Kong expats who were coming home, who had British passports, and they were coming home and they needed somewhere to live and they were the only properties that were marketed abroad okay i'm going to move on from there if i may it's cam's politics on cambridge 105 radio i'm trevor down i have a panel of people standing for election to cambridge city council and um i just want to come back to you councillor daniel lee from the liberal democrats moving on from housing to travel which you did touch on earlier congestion charging i wouldn't have thought that's very popular on the doorstep is it when you sell it just as congestion charging, no, it isn't. And there are issues with a congestion charge if that's all you're doing. The idea isn't to just introduce a congestion charge. The idea is to subsidise much better public transport. And that would include much more frequent buses, much cheaper fares and many more routes as well. And this is intended to make public transport a much more viable option. So I think if you can give people a viable option where, on the one hand, they have a choice to either take a bus, which would cost them, I think, one pound of fare is being touted, or they can take their car and pay a congestion fee, which would then subsidise the buses. I think that's a much more acceptable proposition, I think. A Don't lot you have to put council that. tax up to pay for that kind of scheme? Well, that is um, you know, one of the reasons for the, you know, the congestion charge. It, to subsidise better public transport. So, if you like, it's a rod and carrot approach rather than just the rod. The um, mayor, of course, has had a slightly similar idea, well and truly knocked back by national government. I mean, how confident are you that you you could get this idea through if you were to become the majority party? Well, I mean, that's really something that the county councillors would probably be better placed to answer what I can say confidently is that we would definitely work with all stakeholders, including, you know, the county council and the Labour mayor of, uh, you know, the Greater Cambridge Peterborough area. And, you know, we definitely make our case for it. But, I mean, when the national government is a Tory government, there's only so much you can do. So the election is on Thursday. What does success look like for you, Mohammed, if you 
and look forward to next Friday. How well do you think you might have done? I am definitely looking forward for Thursday because we are doing everything what we can. And we're bringing a clear message out that we are standing with the people, with the businesses, and we want to support them. Uh, we Any big decision been done in the Cambridge will be done in a proper way. Uh, we go back to the people, find out what exactly they wanted and need to be done the right way. Not bringing the congestion charges will, will affect the businesses in Cambridge. We are trying to recover from COVID. Congestion charges is not a good idea. Closing the Mill Road Bridge, Collins Lane Bridge, Histon Road, and this is, first you need to fix your public transport, which been promised by a mayor when he got elected. It's been a year, nothing has been done. Still, the Labour Party has completely failed. Why do you think that Cambridge is such a Labour and Liberal Democrat and Green stronghold? Is it a naturally lefty place? Not really, because the thing is that people are... But why, really, why do you never get elected to any of these seats? We have improved. I'm saying you, we are not... The last councillor we had in 2016, uh, which is uh, Shapur Mafta, he'd been, he done a really great job in Trumpington. After that, we haven't got elected. But we have, from last year to this year, I'm pretty much sure we'll increase our voting. And we will perform. And we have clear message to the people that we will listen to them and we will not do what exactly what we want. We want to do for the people and the businesses and we'll bring everything to the public notice before we bring it on the table. What about you then, James? What are you looking forward to achieving on Thursday? Completely the opposite to, to what I just heard. I mean, we, we, we need to move away from a purely business economic model of thinking. You know, I'm passionate about saving the, the natural world. I, during lockdown, I was involved in a project which uh, rescued 250,000 oak saplings, which were going to be destroyed by this uh, government's uh, policy during COVID. Let's let's get rid of that. And so we we said, right, we're going to get across the country. We're going to plant these trees. So let's try and think about the natural health service let's try and think about the astonishing resources that support this planet that we live on and do our bit you know as one species the dominant species to actually focus on our engagement with the natural world daniel liberal democrats have you got a chance to overturn this big labor majority what's the best you can hope for i'm you know I'm not going to sit here and say that you know i think we have a large chance of taking control of the council overall. I think a good election for us would be making the council hung, basically. That would represent a really strong election campaign. But I think, you know, there's a good chance. We've got a lot of support across the city, and if anyone's going to do it, it probably would be the Lib Dems. And Dinah, are you just offering everybody more of the same, or have you got some new and fresh ideas? We have got new ideas. Um, we've got a, a new leader and a lot of new ideas going forward. But I would say that I'm very proud of our record. I'm very much looking forward and hoping that I'll be able to continue working as a councillor. Everything we do has the community and their well-being at heart. And we're working to make Cambridge City fair for all. That's our, our slogan. And in spite of the Tory cuts, what we aim to do is to support our residents and deliver essential services. I would also say we have a marvellous opportunity now with the County Council because it's a shared administration with the Lib Dems and we've overturned the, the Tory majority there to deliver far more now for the city than we've been able to in the past. 
Mohammed, uh, Dinah, Daniel and James, thank you very much for joining us on this uh, panel discussion. If you liked anything you heard, go and vote for one of them. <laughs> that would be the best thing you could do for local democracy. Yeah. This is Cambridge 105 Radio. It's Cam's Politics. We'll talk to Phil Rogers again in just a tick after this. We've come a long way But we're not too sure where we've been Take that on Cambridge 105 Radio. It's Cam's politics. We're just a few days away from the local election and we just heard from some people who are wanting your vote if you're voting within the Cambridge City Council area. Phil Rogers, what did you make of what they all had to say? Well, a lot of very traditional Cambridge issues there, housing and transport and transport and housing and also environmental issues, which I think are all, always uppermost in the minds of certainly of many voters in Cambridge. Not so much about uh, the cost of living crisis, which which I suspect we're going to be hearing more about over the next year. But uh, yeah, it, was a, it was certainly a really interesting discussion. And do you continue to believe that it'll basically be steady as she goes when we see the results? Well, theoretically, Labour could lose control if everything completely melted down for them, but that's very, very unlikely. The much more likely result is that they'll retain a majority. We may see the Lib Dems chip away at it. We may see the Greens do a bit better, but really it's uh, looking like uh, Labour are in a very strong position to carry on. I did mention earlier, didn't I, to uh, Mohammed that there's this sense that Cambridge is a pretty lefty place. And I've heard this being described as, well, Cambridge is the perfect place to be lefty because it's full of clever people and young people. And those are the two groups who always tend to be on the left of politics. Is that fair? Well, I think the city has changed quite a lot over the years. People do forget that for many, many years, Cambridge had Conservative MPs, mm. Robert Road James, uh, right up to when Anne Campbell was elected. And really, the demographics of the city have been changing and certainly have been moving in a more sort of left liberal direction I think and as more housing is being built that's probably affecting some of the wards that have been a bit more conservative traditionally maybe like Trumpington and we are seeing a bit more uh, of a liberal left direction there as well. And is it also do you think part of a realignment a grander realignment in British politics as a whole a lot of people are as they say socially liberal but fiscally conservative? Well I think Cambridge is an exceptional place in many ways, and it's probably exceptional politically as well. I'm not sure I'd read too much nationally into, into what's happening here. All right. Thank you, Phil Rogers. Um, we'll have another break for some music, and then we'll meet three people who want your vote in South Cams. You and me, we were the pretenders. On Cambridge 105 Radio, it's Cam's Politics, and we've got three people with us now to talk about South Cambridgeshire District Council. Not everyone's standing again, but let's find out who's with us now. Would you like to introduce yourselves, starting with you, Bridget? So, hello, I'm Bridget Smith. I'm the leader of South Cambridgeshire District Council, and I'm the Liberal Democrat. I'm Nigel Cathcart, leader of the Labour Group on the District Council, member for Bassingbourne. Heather Williams, and I'm leader of the Conservative Group. I'm going to start with you, Heather, because last time the elections were fought in South Cams, it was a disaster for your party. And since then, the national reputation of your party has been seriously trashed. Do you have any confidence at all that you could do better than last time? 
I think local elections are very different and we have a really engaged electorate in South Cairns, as I'm sure there is in the city as well. So people do know the differences between local and national and that's what we're hearing. And I think locally we've got a lot to offer and people have been very receptive to that. You know, all of us, when we stand for political parties, there are times when the parties help you and there are times when the party perhaps doesn't help you so well. I think we all accept that and, you know, we will see what the future brings. When you go door knocking around the villages of South Cams, do people welcome you and say, oh, I love that Boris Johnson, what a cool guy, I'm really... uh impressed by his government or do they not bother with any of that and just concentrate on the bins i have to say it's a really mixed bag so and i would say all elections are that way you know sometimes i think we've all experienced those doorsteps where people are absolutely over the moon to see us and sometimes when they're telling us not quite so politely to go away you know i think that's part and parcel rightly or wrongly of what we do and it very much depends on what's going on in the local area so some people more inclined to talk about the national view a lot of people are worried about particular projects be that cset honey hill c2c west rail there's lots of things going on it's a very active district and what i found is more often than not people want to know what they're going to do in the local area than than the national view but obviously that will be an important mission for some Nigel you're not standing well you're not standing at all are you no, because no, you're, no. you're retiring a how many years sorry how many years have you been 32 years 32, 32 years, years on the, the district watch is in the post <laughs> has there been a pact between you and the Lib Dems? Because you're not standing in every seat. That surely must mean that you don't want to split the left of centre vote. Not really, no. Um, There's always talk about PACs, but it's just not true. We find candidates where we can in local areas and we field them where we want to. So there is no pact at all, and never actually has been, in fact. This is a total fallacy and a total myth. But we were saying in the City Council conversation minutes ago, of course, that the two parties, the Labour Party and the Lib Dems, are running the County Council together, apparently quite harmoniously. That's right, yes. Um, Do you see the beginning of the great realignment? That is possible. All things have to start somewhere. <laughs> um, so, yes, uh, it, 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 it may happen. But, you know, the two parties are different, let's face it, in fact. The Labour group have a good working relationship with the Lib Dems on the District Council, I have to say. Well, um, as you said, there's only two of you, so but, but, it'd be hard right. to have a big argument, wouldn't it? No, well, that's <laughs> right. But some areas, you know, where our voice, I would like to think, is listened to, and we have a, a good record over many years of actually representing our communities. So I think we're listened to by the officers and by the other councillors as well. So I think we, we have a real contribution to make. Mm-hmm. Bridget Smith, when Heather Williams was on this show last time, she was telling me how collegiate the council is and how, although she's the Tory and you're the Lib Dem, you actually sit on a lot of committees together and you have to achieve things by talking with each other rather than at each other. Is that how you'd characterise the relationship between the two parties? Well, ideally, yes. I mean, we're we're in the silly season at the moment of of elections, and you know, okay, it's kind of all-out war coming up to an election. (laughs) Once we once we get through it, we will all settle down again, and we will all start working together in the best interests of all of our communities, all of our villages, and South Cambridgeshire as a whole. And you know, we have numerous uh, committees which are politically proportionate. We have a really outstanding grants committee which gives out hundreds of thousands of pounds a year to communities. 
committees are really, again a really outstanding climate and environment committee which attracts councillors of all political backgrounds with a particular expertise in climate and environmental issues so yes of course we work well together because actually we all want to do a good job and we all want to benefit our communities as much as we can so what's your argument when you bang on someone's door and they say actually i'm a tory so actually surprisingly not very many people have been saying that this time round I think there's quite a lot of shy conservatives out there. In my own village, I think only three people have said firmly to me, I'm a conservative. Um, you know, other people say, oh, I haven't made up my mind now. So obviously, I feel that the values that I have as a Liberal Democrat are really very distinct from conservative value. Um, our manifesto talks about greener and fairer. We are very focused on making sure that the cost of living crisis is... Uh, you know, we deal with it as well as we can as a, as a council, as a massive priority for us. The climate and the environment, being the greenest district council in the country, again, is vitally important to us. Now, I've got a, a piece of election bump in front of me, and I'm going to just quote a, a bit of it. It says, My plan, uh, protect our green spaces and support zero carbon. Get potholes filled and make roads safer. Help get affordable homes for local people. Back projects to stop speeding in our villages. Which party do you think that is? <laughs> well, it could probably it's <laughs> the Conservatives. This is this is yours, Heather Williams. Yeah, I could tell what you were saying. <laughs> so that is saying to me, I mean, I am making a serious point here, that it's getting harder and harder to put a wedge between the parties. I think. As Bridget said, we've got very different values and quite often it's how we plan to do things as well. You know, so, for example, we have a big emphasis on biodiversity preservation. Quite often at planning committee we'll see offsetting of biodiversity. So all councillors really want to do right for their communities, whatever party they serve. They've just got different ideas of how to do it. Nigel, what do you say to somebody on the doorstep about what Labour would do? Well, I think we would certainly continue some of the, many of the policies of the Lib Dems, because we, we do actually uh, think, but we would take them further. But I think there is something else we need to look at, and that is we tend to think our villages are all nice and pleasant and green and leafy, which they are, and we continue those environmental policies. But dig more deeply, and you find there are highly vulnerable people, those actually who are uncertain whose employment is not secure, who perhaps suffer from various conditions or illnesses or are vulnerable in some way. And I think we need to go back to Labour's basic doctrines of looking after people, and our villagers have plenty of those. So I think we would like to address those concerns and look at those issues to the extent I don't think they're being fully addressed at the moment. I would say that Bridget would say that that's what they do. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, and I like to think that as Liberal Democrats, we are the voice of people whose voices aren't normally heard. So um, Ed Davey, our leader, uh, is a carer. He's been a carer for both his parents and for a disabled child. I'm a carer. I've been a carer for 26 years, uh, initially for one of my children, then for my father, who's now passed away, and now I'm a carer for my mother, who has advanced dementia. Nigel's made the point very, very well that, you know, Cambridge is lovely if you've got a house, if you've got money, if you've got a car, if you've got a job. 
if you can't afford a home, if you haven't got a high-value job, if you ha- can't afford a car, there aren't any buses. Actually, it's not mm. really very mm. lovely for those people, and that's why you know we have to we have to sort out transport issues. We've got to connect people to decent jobs that will pay them a decent wage that will allow them to afford you know our really expensive housing and our really high rents here okay so where are we with the oxcam arc and with east west (laughs) rail as simply as you can are you are you for it Uh, are you again it are you for it but it's not going to happen so uh, the Oxcam Arc, to all intents and purposes, has been axed. I believe that Michael... Flushed away. Flushed away was <laughs> yeah. what an MP said to me, and I think he possibly yeah. regretted saying it to me, actually. I don't think he knew who I was in the room. <laughs> but my understanding is that Michael Gove has dismantled the department that was dealing with the Oxford Cambridge Arc. So if there's no civil servants there, there is no project. Yeah, they've been levelled down. It, <laughs> it has been. It has been levelled down because it doesn't fit in with the government's levelling up priorities, which are far more focused on other parts of... Of, of England. East-West Rail, of course, was a project long before the government came up with the idea of the Oxford-Cambridge Arc. It's silent on that, so I don't know. It's very unsatisfactory, so I'm not able to tell you whether it will ever happen, if it'll happen soon, if it'll happen later, because there is silence from government on it. Heather, what do you think of uh, of all that? I mean, there's villages very near where you're standing where there's a lot of posters saying, no east-west rail here. Are you supporting them? I would agree with Bridget that they are very separate projects, the Oxcam Arc and east-west rail. And personally, when this first came online, obviously it could have come through Bassingbourne, which would be right through my ward, and I was very opposed to that. But we do know that Camborne wants a railway station. That's completely understandable. But I think the business case will be key in determining where the route should go because that will pick up traffic, as it as it were, on its way. I think the issue with East West Rail is if it does go ahead, it needs a solid business case, it needs to really prove that it can pay for itself and that it is worth the upheaval that it will cause because wherever it goes, it will cause upheaval. Its current alignment, its current route that's been proposed, I personally do not support, no. But you... So it should be built, but not through your backyard. Well, it's it's not coming through my ward any anymore because it's going Campbell rather than Battingbourne. But what I'm saying is, if the business case is there, if it's something that will actually be needed and is there's demand for it, then I think we have to have a sensible conversation about where it would go in that event. But at the moment, that's not been proven. So until they prove that. It's a no. Everybody's keen on building houses, on uh, having more affordable homes, on being able to offer people who live and work in this area somewhere decent to live. And yet nobody seems to be all that keen on building, you know, busways and railways and whatever it is. I mean, what is the, what is the answer to this? The real answer is the planning process and, and putting it together. And actually, buses aren't always the answer to everything. And that's one thing that rail does which buses can't. It attracts more people onto public transport. and we, But we do have public transport currently um, in South Cambridgeshire. We need to utilise that. There's a lot of people who live near you who would say the buses are terrible. Yeah, it's like one a day if you're lucky. Um, well, I have a very interesting issue in one of my villages where there is a bus one way, but there's not a bus back. Um, <laughs> so that it. you that's can go a... to Tesco's for 24 hours and then come home. <laughs> yeah, we well, you just never can get home. Um, maybe that's the ploy of Tesco's it's or any other California. retailer. But so there needs to be 
massive improvement in public transport. I don't think you'll find any party that argues against that. The housing issues, though, is, is something different because it will bring more pressure on that public transport. What we can't have is more houses built until the infrastructure's in place to help people. And I think, actually, we need lower tar- housing targets until, actually, our infrastructure can catch up. Bridget, what's happening to the big development around Orwell? Oh, so this this was the... the Thecums. The, the, Thecum. Um, there is... All it is is um, a website. There's no planning application. Nothing's been submitted into the call for sites for the local plan. So it's somebody's... You know, it's some company have come up with an idea... As far as I know, it's never gone further than just being a website. I mean, I know, I know for a fact they've talked to landowners, and I'm pretty sure um, I wouldn't be incorrect saying they've taken options on land. But you know, there is no planning application, and there is no submission into the call for sites. Okay, let's just talk about South Cams as a whole for a minute. It's a very rural area for the most part, and you can drive through lots of roads between villages. And the only poster you see is advertising the Conservative candidate. Why would farmers in a farming community be supportive of a Conservative approach, which seems to have wrecked a lot of their livelihoods? So I think it depends which farmers you speak to. And if you drive between Gambling Gay and Little Gransden, there are two absolutely huge Lib Dem posters up there, absolutely massive, on a three-way road junction. So I've got lots of farming friends, and my farming friends are still dismayed at Brexit. You know, they are not able to get the workforce to harvest their crops. They are seeing, they've been seeing tremendous increase in the cost of fertilisers, which now, you know, the cost of living crisis is sending, you know, sending into, you know, a complete catastrophe. So the farmers that I speak to, I'm afraid, are not putting up Conservative posters. They're actually putting up Liberal Democrat ones. So, Heather, why would a farmer support you? I'm very active in the Back British Farming campaign. I do a lot of work to help promote British produce and everything else. Nothing is in isolation. There are a lot of policies that do support. And actually, the farming community, like every other community, like every kitchen table on the whole Brexit issue, which some were for and and some were against. And um, I don't think that that's particularly changed. So I can't answer why people want my posters and not the Lib Dem candidates, but um, but I'm pleased that they do want mine. Nigel, in the whole of the conversation with the City Council, Mm. uh, no-one used the B word. And um, we've just had Bridget and Heather both say Brexit. Mm-hmm. Has it actually gone away as an issue? Are we all just sort of going, no, oh, I don't, well, that was then, uh, but this is now? I, I don't think so. I, I think people are starting to realise just how seriously, disadvantageously Brexit has affected the country. Cost of living, imports, uh, job opportunities are fewer. I think that people, uh, after the referendum... Uh, many people came up to me and said either I voted Brexit and I now regret it or I didn't vote at all and I wish I'd voted Remain. And I think that uh, it applies to rural areas just as in the city areas. And I think that people are looking at the long-term consequences as well as the short ones and the impact on their cost of living. So We're going to run out of time gone. in a minute, but I did want to just ask uh, the three of you about bins. Because I did, I did, I did a little bit of research. Basically, I, I asked our next door neighbours. I said, "What's the big issue?" And they went, "Bins." So, what's going on with bins? Is recycling working? 
Are people's bins being collected? Yes, as far I mean, I think we have incredibly high collection rates. I think last time I looked, I think it was ninety. It was over ninety nine percent of bins were successfully. And collected. people are paying attention to which things they're putting in which bin. I think, I think on the whole, yes. I mean, we know one of the exciting things we're doing is we're in, we're in transition to move to electric bin lorries. So, you know, we're very, very pleased about that. And, and how many people are trying out these caddies? Where you meant to Ooh, put now your I kitchen waste? Yeah, now the food. I don't think the government's. We've yet passed the, the legislation on food caddies, have we yet? I don't think. There's an I, experiment. I, I can. Oh, I Heather can knows help the answer Trevor, to that if, one. Marvelous. Yes. <laughs> um, so, well, part of the trial for South Cambridgeshire is in the Mordens, and I believe oh. you have a food caddy yourself, I've got Trevor. A caddy. Um, so true. they did an initial trial in Milton, and then they wanted to try the furthest point away from the depot, which was the Mordens. So half of my ward is on the trial and also some places in Linton, I believe. And I have to say, overall, it's been quite popular, apart from on a windy day um, and people are having to... And I think that's partly why bins are the topic of conversation in the Mordens. Um, and I do agree. So I have fed back that we need to wait the caddies down because in the rural areas, they are blowing around somewhat. One last thing. Nigel, what's the best thing that Labour can hope for? Well, to improve our performance, in fact, you know. So to, you're going to uh, go up from two to, ooh, let me think, three? <laughs> well, at one stage we did actually have ten Labour councillors on this authority and Labour is all about long-term planning, planning for the future and to look at the party's performance and I think that there is a strong tradition of rural socialism in South Cambridge. So we, we hope to improve our performance do what we can where we can, in fact, and keep our minds fixed on the long term. And Heather, you've got 11 seats at the moment. Will you keep them all? I think the electoral will decide if we, if we keep them all or not. I very much hope so. You know, I've, I'm very lucky that I've got good, hard-working councillors um, that are, you know, working very hard for their communities. And I very much hope that they will be there and some more. Bridget, do you think you'll hang on? Will you still be in this job next week? I believe I will still be in the job and uh, we're working very hard to hold on to and add to the seats we have. But once we get through this, we will continue to work with all our partners here as um, as well as we have done for the last four years. Thank you very much, Bridget Smith, Nigel Cathcart and Heather Williams for joining us on Cam's Politics this week. We shall digest the results and be back in a month's time. Um, before that, though, I need to catch up with Phil. Thanks very much for coming. And we'll see you all soon. Our pleasure. Thank you. Phil Rogers, what do you think? Well, weren't they all friendly to each other? That was my big impression. I mean, as Bridget Smith says, it is sort of all-out war at election time, and that's when you get a bit more of uh, the clash of uh, different policies. But actually, behind the scenes and away from election time, there's a lot of collegiate working that goes on and a lot of working together on committees and councillors just trying to do the best for their residents. Clearly, there are you know differences of emphasis, but I, th- I think that it doesn't sound like there's a great deal of expectation expectation of anything other than a substantial Lib Dem win this time. Uh, We'll have to see what the voters think, but uh, it's looking pretty good for the Lib Dems. There's one interesting thing that I noticed this time. Quite a few councillors have two jobs, don't they? There are people standing for South Cams who are already county councillors. You know, there are people on the city council who are also county councillors. Can you be on two councils at the same time effectively, do you think? I think so. I mean, some people who are retired or some people who, who don't work for whatever reason can and do hold down both a district and a county council role. Um, so, yes, we do see that. Sometimes parish as well. Thank you, Phil. Don't forget you can hear Phil Rogers regularly on Cambridge 105 Radio. 
especially on the Monday to Friday breakfast show with Julian and Lucy. And of course, from the morning of next Friday, May the 6th, we'll keep you up to date with the votes as they come in and the results which may affect your life in the city in South Cams. This has been Cam's Politics, episode four, a TDC production. My thanks to researcher Noah Keat. I'm Trevor Dan. Please join us all again from the first Sunday in June. Thanks for listening.